Hello, and thank you for joining us for Better Never Stops, a podcast for all of us committed to transforming healthcare. We interview leaders from around the world, including leaders right here in Seattle, Washington, where they're doing the work day in and day out to sustain a culture of learning and improvement at Virginia Mason Franciscan Health. In each episode, we hope to explore a philosophy of go see, ask why, and show respect. My name is Chris Backus. I'm an executive partner at the Virginia Mason Institute. My guest today is Neha Patel, a senior director for the Departments of Medicine and Surgery at Virginia Mason Franciscan Health. Today's conversation will focus on daily management and the activities and tools that leaders across the organization use to know, run, and improve their business every day. Welcome, Neha. Please tell us a little bit more about your role and background at Virginia Mason Franciscan Health. All right. Thank you for having me, Chris. I am a senior director over the Department of Medicine and Department of Surgery Specialties, and I co-lead at the Downtown Medical Center and nine regional medical centers with my partner, Vonda Miller. Uh, I'm a nurse, and I mentioned that's not required for my role, but it helps. And I've worked at Virginia Mason for about 11 years now, and I've grown up in ambulatory leadership, and I've been over areas like pulmonary, nephrology, and transplant. And I also spent a couple years as a Virginia Mason production um, system specialist in the Kaizen Promotion Office, which was very valuable to my growth and leadership. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, today, we're going to really talk about not just about the basics of daily management, but really some of the um, activities you've been involved in evolving daily management to the next level for the organization. So daily management, we both know, um, is one of the three elements of what we call world-class management. So at the top of the organization, we have that strategic alignment. Then as the organization works across the functional silos, we call that the cross-functional. So really our focus today is going to be at the front line, the daily activities, the habits, the behaviors, the tools that really allow people to stay true to the intention and, and objectives for the year. So what, um, why do you think daily manage management is so helpful and so important for organizations as part of their approach to lean management? Yes, um, I think the most important part of daily management is making the daily operations visible. So mm -hmm. the most common things we feature on our daily production boards, and I think this would work for any industry, right, is your demand in our case. It's our number of patients or procedures, um, and then our capacity, right? And our ability to serve our patients. And so that is, in our case, physicians and number of team members. You know, I, I think back to, since both of us um, had our time in KPO, I think about those conversations uh, regarding tack time, you know, and that, that big question every leader gets asked, what do you produce? And, and I think that's such an important piece of daily management is, we can get lost in the day, but fundamentally, what are we here to do? Uh, what do we produce? Have you found that that is an important conversation to have with your frontline leaders kind of at the beginning? Absolutely. Um, when preparing for this, I was thinking about the engagement and what helped us create engagement for our daily production boards. And we know, you know, ultimately it's talking about the patient and the patient experience. And so when reviewing these huddle boards, or production boards, you know, we try to huddle around them and we try to make visible um, not just our demand um, to our capacity, but also any barriers. And we also try to celebrate team wins. And so a lot of times 
I remember when I first started leading these huddles, we would share a patient's story, right? The reason why we're here, what we call the seafield change or share a great safety catch from the day before. And I think that that actually really helped um, create engagement because people look forward to hearing that feel good story and what they contribute to everyday um, healthcare, as well as um, what they did to help maybe save someone, save someone's life, prevent a serious safety issue from occurring. Yeah, I, I think it's probably important for us to to help, you know, shine the shine a little bit more clarity. And when we're talking about daily management, we've already talked about the boards and the huddles. It's it, you know, so you have the the daily huddle with the team. You have your daily production board, and then you also have your uh, leader standard work as some of the three kind of key elements of daily management. And you use the term engagement. So I think about that where leaders are, especially frontline leaders today, or just feeling overwhelmed. You know, staffing levels aren't where they would like them to be. Demand is the same or greater. And I could imagine, um, you know, bringing the concept of daily management to a new frontline leader and having them say, I'm too busy for that. I don't have time for that. Have you had to have those conversations on the value of daily management and have you seen a like a a change in that person's perspective because they embrace the standard work? Yes, it's um, interesting to think about now um, after COVID because I remember having those conversations prior to COVID and just um, a reflection on why why would we why would we review this every day? Um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mentioned all the ways that we create an engagement. We just we just ask them to try it, and we create we try to create fun things and fun reasons for them to attend and be engaged. And now. I think after COVID and all our staffing challenges, I think people are really interested in the content, right? They're interested in how we're going to serve our patients today. Um, so both at the local team level and also at the manager level where um, I've shared with you before that we have a, a larger production board where we look at um, our, our metrics and how we can best share st- staff across all our areas to serve our patients. People come because they want to see um, who needs help, how they can help, or how they can get help. So I think the reason for for engagement and daily management has really, from my perspective, changed over the last years. You know, so the perspective has changed, but we've had to evolve daily management as well. You know, when we started, it was boards and huddle, very site location specific, but the world's changed. You, you, you know, COVID changed a lot of what we did, and yet the value of still having those conversations and and using information to drive decision making and problem solving hasn't changed. So, you've done some work recently, right, to help evolve daily management so that it's more, I guess, post COVID user friendly. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I think one of the biggest things that we did is what I just mentioned is we started uh, a daily huddle for all managers across our, you know, 40 plus departments. And the reason we did that was because before the huddles were just department specific and staff would be shared across their department. But we did it because we knew that there were areas that were fully staffed some days and areas that were short staffed and that there were varying numbers of physicians, you know, on any given day. And so we wanted to put it all in one place. So we created a production board where um, just those high level metrics for each department are in one place and the managers huddle around it. Um, and, And what that evolved to do is we started creating definitions around staffing, what was critical staffing. Mm -hmm. So we defined it as in the beginning, just 
red, yellow, green. Um, green was I can give staff. Yellow was um, I um, can't give staff. And this is this is um, the, the department telling you what they whether or not they can. You know, yellow is I can give staff. I, I can't give staff, but I don't need any. And red is oh my goodness, I really really need um, help with with staffing. And so the managers started huddling every day at eight thirty. And you know, there were days when you know, we just didn't have enough staff to support all the areas. And there were days where we had excess staff and there were a lot of days where we were really able to help each other out and it worked out really nicely. Um, but what ended up happening is we started needing more information, right? Um, it was interesting to watch, I guess you would say the storming and norming of the group, right? Every clinic is different. Every specialty is different. And so we needed more information um, behind what was, uh, or around what was behind those numbers, right? So you would see um, in rheumatology that they said that they were yellow, but they only had six patients to room that day. And then ortho would say that they were green and they could help someone and they had 20 patients that day. And we were trying to figure out what it all meant, right? So then we started working towards ratios. Um, we started saying, well, why don't, you, why don't you list your number of patients per MA? So instead of looking at, you know, we, we often used to look at number of physicians in and how many MAs you have to support the physicians. We're like, well, let's actually look at the number of staff um, to actual patients. And then let's also look at number of patient, patient messages. So we started creating ratios from that. And, and that still led to more questions, right? And more discussions around um, the highest need. Um, so that continued to evolve, but it was really incredible to see the managers come together each day and just share across multiple specialties. I always say that before COVID, you know, things would take us two years and after COVID, we would find a way to do it within two weeks. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's, I think what's exciting to hear about that, it's, it's the transparency of information and also acknowledging that not every department is the same and measures the same things to the same level. And so it's, it puts it back in understanding who are we here to care for and what does it mean to produce the care by our department and really empowers the team to think beyond their own walls to say, you know, how do we serve our community? If we're a community of clinics or we are departments in an organization, um, we can help make any patient's experience better when we have the opportunity. And if we do so, then others will come to us. So it really creates that kind of cross-functional collaboration um, by making the data not only transparent, but meaningful. And I think you, you've talked a little bit about that of, you know, looking at things and testing data points to look at to really get to what matters. And I know um, I had a chance to listen in on a, a weekly report out where you had talked about this idea of a weighted score and you've been kind of talking a little bit about that. I'm wondering if you give us a little bit more insight about this idea of a weighted score um, and how you might've arrived at that and if it's valuable. Yeah, definitely. So I just led a workshop um, around this work to see how we can evolve it uh, to the next level. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that the team really honed in on right away was that discrepancy that I said. Um, that you know there might be you know six patients to one of me in rheumatology, but um, and I and I'm just making up these clinics by the way, <laughs> hi guys, that's not totally true. And then um, you know uh, twenty to ortho, and really that's because the work behind the patient is different, right? Rheumatology has um, uh, different sorts of, of needs than an ortho patient, right? Um, complex medications, 
um, per authorizations, maybe more patient questions, um, sometimes more, um, more of a multidisciplinary approach with other medicine specialties. Um, and then an ortho patient may come in and um, need an x-ray and, and just a quick evaluation and then be on their way. And so it was really important to the teams to share the work behind those numbers and let other team members know, hey, we want to help, but this is why we can't help. And it really helped making things visible actually helped build the trust between the teams, right? What uh, what the RKW team did after listening, right, to um, the team members on the Gimba and collecting data and looking at the data we collected before the event, they said, you know, it sounds like it's not enough just to look at the ratio of visits to, um, to MA. Why don't we create a weighted score that weights the patient messages coming in a little bit more appropriately to, to the patient visits? And so... For example, rather than just saying, you know, today in rheumatology, you know, they're going to have uh, six patients, one medical assistant. Why don't we give them a weight of 0.4 to patient messages for their 60 patient messages and a weight of 0.6 for their patients and create an actual score? And so what ended up happening was um, we ended up creating that formula for all departments, you know, on a glorified Excel spreadsheet that populates every single day and the numbers, you know, appear along with a color gradient. And then it actually helped us more evenly see the needs across all the areas, right? It wasn't just, you know, five green areas and 10 red, you know, it was just kind of a, a, a gradient of um, support need or how well the team felt they were doing. And so using that, um, it's actually still in PDSA um, because I just had the RKW, but the feedback so far is they liked it, right? It seemed it helps people understand when they were trying to make a decision, like I only have one MA to share, but both um, urology and nephrology need help. Who am I going to give that MA to? It kind of made the decision a little bit easier. Clearly both areas were in need, but sometimes one area was more in need than the other. The other thing about the weighted score is it's actually based on previous, you know, retrospective data, right? So what the demand has actually been over previous weeks. So it gave them something to compare to it. So it gave some um, some comparative information when making the decision about what the score really should be. Right. You know, just to back up, um, we're so, you know, we're so versed in the Virginia Mason production system that these terms are are great for us. So the RPIW that you led, the Rapid Process Improvement Workshop, it was a five-day workshop that you as the leader facilitated, but it was really the people who do the work. So the MAs and others in clinic, um, it was their problem to solve, but it was really as leader and workshop leader, you were bringing the problem to the team and they had five days to come up with something you could prototype. And then the PDSA or the Plan Do Study Act implementation trial really helps inform where you're going to go next. What I love about the RPIW, it lines up so beautifully with daily management because it, it uses the same expectation that it's the people who do the work are best are the ones best to improve the work but th what they need from us is direction and and the structure of the methodology to to be led through the process have you found that as a leader as people are working their daily management having their huddles putting meaningful data on their boards and talking about it that you're more facilitating they're problem solving and less being that superhero coming to the rescue? Absolutely. Yeah. 100, 100%. I think there's so many of our frontline team members, you know, 
every day when they're when they're working, just like we think of like genius ways that we can become a millionaire, right? <laughs> what if? No, I think they have ideas every single day that um, can improve processes all around us. And so I'm always amazed, you know, when we have the data right there in front of them and we ask them, you know, why do you think this is so, or, or what do you think um, we can do to improve it? I, I hardly ever get silenced, which is interesting, right? Um, because it's their work. They're so engaged. I mean, this is, this is their everyday life. This is, um, they're the biggest stakeholder, right? In um, these decisions that are being made. You know, um, Neha, one of the one of the things I think people worry about is they they get so focused on the doing, the activities of daily management that it becomes a check the box. Yep, we did it. We're moving on. Get it out of the way. Get it done. As a as a leader of leaders, how do you encourage uh, people to not let that happen? So that you know, what advice do you give to people for having their huddles and doing their daily management activities? so that it never really just becomes a check the box done and move on with the rest of the day. I think it's easier to say that what I'm about to say now, because healthcare is constantly changing, but I think leaders, leaders of the leaders need to attend, you know, visit the Gimba, attend and listen in occasionally and make sure the information um, that's being discussed, the metrics being discussed, the information on the production boards is relevant, right? Um, I actually uh, right now have a metric on our production boards that is no longer, no longer should be used. And this week I need to quickly work, right? To find all the places where that metric exists, not only because we moved to a new model, but also because there's a better way to depict that data. Not only when you attend, you get to make sure that the data that they're sharing and discussing is relevant, you know, and tied to our higher level organizational goals, but I think you can then um, listen to how the team members are feeling and what's important to them and then connect your work to what they're feeling is important to our organization. That's great. What do you think people get the most out of um, by attending their huddles? Like the average frontline team member? Yeah. If, if we were to ask them, so what's the huddle? What's the value of the huddle for you? What do you think they would say? I mean, I think it would range from something really basic, like I know who I'm working with today, right? <laughs> or mm-hmm. be, you know, my coverage buddy when it's lunchtime um, to I'm really um, excited about this new modality we're introducing and, you know, and wanting to learn more to I really have this, uh, this problem that's a thorn in my shoe. And this is my place where I bring it up. Right. And I have an audience, not just um, team members, but oftentimes leadership that can help me pull the resources into problem solve. And that that really hasn't changed in evolving from kind of the pre-COVID very in one location to a more virtual connection delivery. Have you seen that that change at all? That core kind of that those core values? I've seen um, uh, I've seen the difference in modality, right? The production boards have, that are sent out via email, right? Um, have evolved to anticipate more information um, that the team members want to see because they can't have that conversation. You'll see these production mm-hmm. boards share things like inclement weather or <laughs> there's cake in the break room, right? Because that used to be stuff that was said in the huddles. 
Um, I do see, I actually have, um, for all the departments that roll up to me, I have them send me their production boards. So I get all those emails. Um, so I see all the email exchanges that occur. I think with um, us transitioning to Google, a lot of those discussions are transitioned to chat. Um, but I think the conversation is still there. And, um, you know, we've had uh, challenges having in-person huddles on and off, right, for the last few years. Um, one thing that I truly, though, do, I am concerned about, and it's on my radar, is our um, people link. Um, I think with, just truthfully, with changes in leadership and, um, and just, and sometimes even gaps in leadership, um, there might be a little bit of a refresh that needs to happen to make sure that we're having our people link huddle, you know, during the week to um, help our frontline team members know what's going on at a higher level in the organization and not just um, focused around daily metrics. You know, that's that's an important thing to call out is I think that's where many organizations um, lose the value of the huddle is they try and pack in too much to that moment of connection. And so you talked about, so the huddle is for one purpose, the daily huddles for one purpose. And then there's another kind of opportunity to connect dots and align to strategy on a weekly basis. Um, how do you explain that for a new leader who's going to have some responsibility with both the daily management huddle and maybe a, a people link weekly strategic uh, huddle? Yes, that's a good question because I had a conversation about this today. And one of my ideas is we want to have a little mini back to basics retreat um, where we we talk about standard work for leaders um, and our daily management production boards, as well as people link. And um, I think the best way to explain people link is to show them example of it. So go see where it's done well. And we have a lot of video examples um, here at Virginia Mason that we can share. Um, but if I had to just explain it using words, I would say, you know, there's a lot of information that's shared at the higher level. I would say weekly and monthly, maybe not daily related to integration updates, um, new programs we're rolling out, um, larger scale, larger scale um, financial updates, you know, things that really impact our ability to serve our patients as an organization. And the frontline team member who contributes to that, who's working so hard every day to serve our patients, um, and sometimes even support revenue generating activity that supports our bottom line, you know, they don't get to see our growth or our new programs or what we're doing to attract new team members. And it's really important. I think right now recruitment is a great example of that. People need to hear what we're doing to recruit and retain nurses, for example. And where else will a frontline nurse hear what the organization's doing about that, right? We need to make the space, even if it's a quick 15 minutes once a week to really share with them just at a high level, some of the exciting things that are happening. That's, you know, so that that kind of um, gets to that, it is possible to share too much information on a daily basis. And, but yet when and where is it most appropriate to share information that people care about? Because that continues engagement, doesn't it? Absolutely. So, I'm going to circle back uh, to our conversation about the weighted score and the boards and the virtual boards, because I know there'll be people listening who will say, can I get that? Can you please tell me what that score is? I want to use that. How would you respond to their like, can you just give me what you have so I can copy it? How how would you respond to them um, with an ask like that? Yes. Um, you know, this is something I'm actually working through right now. I think maybe a leader would be very excited about it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think team members are very 
protective about their work and what it means and understandably so, right? So when we rolled out this idea, one of the questions that came up were how do national benchmarks play into the score, mm -hmm. right? FGMA or uh, even our larger Virginia Mason Franciscan Health partners, what kind of benchmarks are they using? And so that's actually going to be the work of um, our director cohort and myself and Vonda, the other uh, senior director regulatory over the next few weeks. We want to further define those, those weighted scores. Right now, we're just using variables, just the two variables, actually, um, visits and messages. But in some departments, there might be another variable that's important, like procedures, mm -hmm. right, that we would want to add to that weighted score. So I think we just decided to not sacrifice um, good for perfect right and just start with the base the basic let's just try something let's just try it and we're pdsaing it and seeing how it's helping us in simulation um people are really excited about it and um interested um in continuing to use it and then i think we're going to start deciding what else should what else should go in that way to score mm -hmm. and um how should we incorporate national benchmarks or you know benchmarks from the rest of the organization because the way that um, the way that organizations measure productivity is different, right? right. Uh, from organization to organization. So, I would that would be my biggest caution is you know how how does your organization measure productivity and is that in alignment with this weight of score? Well, and it's it's looking at productivity, but it's also looking at burden of work and work responsibility. So, you know, it's it's not just what do we have to achieve, but how are we doing that, and is there a way to do it better? And I think hope that that should come up during the daily huddles is, you know, I know what we're trying to do. It's just too difficult. Well, let's talk about that. Do you have any ideas? Do you find that those are natural conversations that occur as you're looking for the right thing to measure? Yes, um, absolutely. And then the other thing that kind of ties into the question that you're asking um, is staffing models. Mm -hmm. the, the metric is very dependent on your on the staffing model at your location, right? And so I think those sorts of things are, are coming up in question as we use this because people, I think team members wanna make sense of this metric um, that, that we're using to support them in their work, right? And so as we explain it to them, and I was actually very impressed with their engagement and their interest in this mathematical equation mm -hmm. <laughs> related to their work, right? Um, but it's because they want it to be meaningful and accurate to their work, which is, Totally understandable. Yeah. Well, and it, what I love about that is it's really modeling the leadership of looking looking past just what feels to what actually is, because if we can measure it, we can improve it and react to any activity that we've taken because we have a base of, of real objective measure. So I wanna, I wanna shift um, back um, to just your role as a leader as we kind of, reach near the end of our podcast. And if you, you know, looking back at all the work you've done at Virginia Mason Franciscan Health, is there anything that um, like a specific win or a, a big shout out opportunity that you feel great about uh, as a leader? Yes, there are many. And I'm thankful that um, Virginia Mason has provided those experiences and opportunities. And when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking about it as it relates to production boards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I I was thinking about um, something that I just thought was so simple, but so wonderful that happened in urology 
when I was the director of that department. Um, and it was, you know, right when COVID happened and we were used to having one nurse per physician. So we had about, um, well, roughly one nurse per physician. So we had about nine nurses and 12 surgeons. And each day we would allocate one nurse to a physician and that nurse would follow that physician all day and support them in their practice. And, but the biggest thing they supported was procedures. Um, and because of just all the reasons why people made decisions to leave during COVID, you know, whether it was their age before the vaccine, you know, they were concerned about mm -hmm. how that might affect their health um, or to be closer to family or to stay home to take care of kids. We went from nine nurses to three and really oh. just a couple of, it felt like days, but it was probably a couple of weeks, um, which is days. Um, and so we had to, um, we had to dial back on procedures a little bit, but what, this is just kind of the silver lining of COVID. It, it really made us think about how we can do things differently with the limited resources we had. And so um, really using leveling or, you know, Hijunka, we, um, we had a nurse, um, instead of following one doctor all day, we had the nurse follow the procedures in the clinic. So we made a master production board where we would show the procedures, you know, throughout the day on a grid and the different times. You guys can't see my hands, but your, my hands are just showing the different procedures at different times during the day, and we actually had the nurse follow the procedures instead of the doctor. Mm -hmm. And what was fascinating about it is, you know, we were still able to do a significant, I think we lost, um, you know, uh, 60, you know, over six or actually 75, 80% of our nurses. And we were still able to do um, uh, about 60% of our procedures, mm -hmm. which was just amazing. And so when our staffing came back to normal numbers, we were able to support more procedures per nurse than we ever had before. Um, and that was really um, by using, um, you know, a version of a production board and making it visible and, and guiding the nurses to use. They, they became very, um, in that particular case, the nurses became very lost without that production board, which was a whole nother interesting thing that occurred. Um, we had to get them away from moving the production board because they became so reliant on using that to tell them where they needed to go each day. Right. But it's that it's that exercise of taking the work we think we know and actually detailing the work we actually do to understand how best to resource and accomplish objectives, that transparency of real meaningful data that comes from engagement with the team. I'm wondering, as you look ahead, what is exciting you about the future? I know it's easy to say there's a lot of barrier to success right now, but there's also that something to look forward to. I'm wondering, what are you looking forward to? Yes, um, I'm very excited related to this production board work um, is the next uh, layer of problem solving in a proactive form. So one thing I didn't mention before is the managers are huddling to look at how they can share staff. And now we've um, actually started a director huddle. So 7 a.m., the daily production boards go out, 8.30, the managers huddle, about 9.30, the directors huddle. But what the directors are looking at um, are more higher-level aggregated metrics, um, things like department fill, department fill looking ahead, right? And fill is, you know, um, physician schedules and how the percent of um, by which they're filling. And they're actually um, not only anticipating barriers um, and problem-solving looking weeks out, um, but they're actually, you know, figuring out mitigation strategies for no-show rates um, and things like that. And so that's very exciting to me because we've been reactive, um, I mean, quite a bit during COVID, but even before that. And so it's really nice to see how we can be a little bit more proactive and predictive. That's really cool. 
So Neha, what's your favorite example of the Virginia Mason production system in action? Process flow mapping. <laughs> process flow mapping. So tell me a little bit about why you think process flow mapping is the favorite approach. Process flow mapping is like my favorite thing ever, just because we and our colleague Shauna Whipple always teased me because I loved like process flow mapping over value stream mapping all the time. But um, I love getting a group of people together to map out a current or future state. I mean, you know this, um, even the biggest resistors get engaged. In an hour, you can have, you know, entire process visible and you can um, um, identify barriers together and, you know, people start finding solutions together. But the my favorite thing about it is that they're able to see each other's point of view. I cannot, it's like my favorite thing during process flow mapping where, you know, a nurse in the OR is able to see um, the medical assistance challenge in the clinic that leads to the downstream defect. And they're like, oh my God, I had no idea, you know, um, if, I, if I would have known that, you know, I would have done A, B, and C. So just working, having everybody together, seeing something in one place. Yeah. So finish this sentence. Um, my favorite example of, or approach to getting teams to try something new is? Really to try something. My favorite thing to say is, um, we'll just try it, but giving them a PDSA to try and that there's no commitment, right? Like, right. you know, if you think that um, this is not a good idea, you know, that will come out in the PDSA. Just give it a try. <laughs> it is a great idea, you know, we'll even go further or find that in the PDSA. Um, and even if like they're super resistant, just like stimulating it, right? Because the beauty of PDSA, even as a leader and asking someone to PDSA, is sometimes, believe it or not, we're actually wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes yeah. our PDSA is not a good idea, you know, or we're, we're going to find things out by doing that PDSA. And so, um, or, or it evolves into something better than we could have even done, you know, for sure than we could have thought of on our own. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, Neha, thank you so much for uh, taking the time with us today. I think it's just such a, a great opportunity uh, from an engagement opportunity standpoint to, to just share the value of daily management, the habits, the behaviors, making the work visible, engaging your team, giving them tools and methods that allow them to really do their best work, solve their own problems. Um, and, you know, as a leader, not stepping forward, but stepping back and letting them, um, it's almost like the leading is now from behind the team because it's really their ingenuity and their ideas that will probably make the biggest difference. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast and learned a little bit more about how our leaders know, run, and improve their business every day using daily management tools and techniques. Stay up to date by subscribing to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get in touch and submit any questions you have for us on social media. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and you can email us at podcast at virginiamasoninstitute.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, transforming healthcare is not just a pursuit of perfection, but a mindset that we can always do better because better never stops. Mm -hmm.